The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Here we are talking a little bit more about post-resurrection and Jesus saying, it's good that I am going to be going. Uh, He was actually announcing to his disciples, hey, it's good for you. Even though I'm going away, this is a good thing. You know, the cross itself was a really key time in history. But there's a sense in which the cross does that. It divides. It's divided time from the point of view that we have B.C. and A.D., before Christ and Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. And so there's a separation that the cross brings even in time. Now, I know these days historians talk about before common era and after common era because they want to denounce the fact of Jesus. But nevertheless, Jesus actually comes and separates time. Jesus comes and actually separates our Bible from the point of view that we have the Old Testament and then we have the New Testament. And this period, really, this period of separation is that of the cross. And again, the cross itself, the cross declares victory. It declares the victory of God over all of the power of death and sin. And everything that Satan could throw at the world, Jesus overcame it all by rising again. So the cross really is a key moment in history. It ushered in a new age. And here we are walking in that new age, that new time, that period after the cross. It's a time of grace. It's a time of forgiveness. It's a time of restored relationship with God because of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. And theologians, when it comes to the Bible, they divide the whole story of the Bible up into what they call seven dispensations. That is, seven times that have been specifically ordered by God. They call them dispensations because it just means a period of time that God has ordered in a specific way. And I just briefly want to look at these dispensations just so you have an understanding. Because the point that I'm trying to get across to you when we're talking about these disciples, we're talking about the Easter message and the period of the cross, is the fact that we've shifted from one period of time in the way that God was operating, we've now come into a new period of time. And so I want to look at this. And so on your screen, you will see this slide showing these different ages, these different times in which God has done different work. We see at the beginning there, before the fall. So this is with creation and before the fall, it is declared to be an age of innocence. And that is because there was no sin. There was no sin at all. And this was the time in which man had been created, Adam and Eve had been created, and they had wonderful relationship with God, and everything was wonderful. It truly was a time of innocence. But that time of innocence came to an end when they sinned. Suddenly there was no longer innocence because sin had entered into the world. And we come to a time which is called the time of conscience. And this was a time when man was left to rule for himself, to work out actually what he wanted to do, to make his decisions, to go the way that he wanted to go. Unfortunately, that time came to an end with the flood because it says in Genesis 6 verse 5, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness 
on the earth had become, and that every inclination of his heart was only evil of the time. That is what happens when we start to follow our own conscience and we start to go the way that we think is the right way to go. So that period of time ended with the flood. And at the flood, we have the story of Noah, and Noah is taking the animals into the ark, and when he comes out of the ark, there's just Noah and his family, and there literally is a whole new beginning. And God says to Noah that he needs to go and extend into the whole world. And shortly after that, we see the establishment of nations. Beforehand, there hadn't been nations. Now there's the establishment of nations And we get to a story called the Tower of Babel, where man had all come together and he was seeking to actually build an edifice for himself and to show how great man was. And yet he's supposed to be filling the earth and subduing the earth. And so God sends different languages. And so now with these nations and these languages, mankind goes off. And this is now the period of human government, where man is governing himself. Now that period of time really comes to an end when the languages are separating everybody and they all start to go their own way. But we now come into a new period, a new dispensation, and that is called the dispensation of the promise. And now we're talking about the whole story of Abraham, how that God came to Abraham. He calls him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and he says to him that he is going to make him great. I'm going to make you into a great nation And I am going to bless you. God promises to this man, this one man, these great promises. And wow, we see that God is a fulfiller of his promises because he starts to bring that promise into its fulfillment. And we see the nation of Israel being established. First of all with Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob. Jacob having the 12 sons, which become the 12 sons of Israel. Jacob's name is changed to Israel by God. They're the 12 sons of Israel, and the nation of Israel is begun to be established by this new family, which because of a famine in, in Israel, they are taken off into Egypt, where they've got food and they can be provided for. But then in Egypt, eventually they fall into captivity. And at that point, that comes to the end of that whole age of promise Because we now move into the age of the law. Because when they're in Egypt, who rises up in Egypt but Moses? What does Moses function as he rises up in Egypt? To lead the nation of Israel out of captivity and into the fulfillment of the law which God wants to release to them at Mount Sinai. And so we come now into this dispensation, this age where God is bringing his law to his people. So he has established a nation because this is the period of time when the nation of Israel is the one that everybody's looking at because this is what God is working through. He's working through his nation, Israel. The people that he has established, he's working through them. He's bringing his law to them so that through them, the whole aspect of God can be seen in this nation. And these are these seasons. So we're in this season of the law. And you know before Jesus came, we have the Pharisees and the scribes. What are they trying to do? They're trying to tell everybody, this is the way you need to live. This is a right way. This is God's law. This is what he's told us to do. This is how we're to do it. Now, the trouble with man is we start to get a little bit too detailed at times. Are you one of those people who's very, very detailed? If we go to your home, do we find every pencil in its right place? I sort of am a bit like that at times. I like order. But we get too detailed, and that's the thing with the law. We start to say, no, 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 no. You see, when it says you can do this, you can only walk this far on a Sunday. You can only do this. You can only do that. And if it gets too detailed, when God wants to be 
us to follow him and to be more released. Anyway, into this time. This time comes to an end when Jesus comes and dies on the cross. It's fundamentally central to the whole of the work of God and what he is doing. But the point I want to show you is this. Just by looking at this, we see that we go from the period of law, where it's all about you have to follow these laws. Now, after the cross, we come to what is called the period of grace. When we're trusting in Jesus alone because of the victory that he has won over the cross. We're believing in him for what he has done for us. And God is extending his grace, the riches of God's love which is being poured out, the benefits of the cross which are freely being given to us, that we may no longer be condemned because of our sins, but we might find forgiveness and new relationship with God because of the grace of the cross that has been poured out. This is the period that we're now in. And if you look above the line, you see there the, the word church. And that is not because Israel has just been thrown to one side, but we know that now the whole purposes of God are being displayed through his church worldwide. Yes, the promises towards Israel, the things that God has said to Abraham, I believe are still going to come true. But now God is working through his church, and this is the period of time that we're in. So you can see that there's been a shifting. There's been a moving from different times. And what we're trying to show you is that the disciples, the disciples are living through this transition. They know what it was like to be living in the age of the law. They know what it was like to be living before Jesus rose up. Don't forget, Peter was a fisherman before he met Jesus. He was understanding and his brother was seeking out the things of God and following John the Baptist before Jesus came on the scene. Then Jesus came. And when he found out about Jesus, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, wanted to get Simon Peter to meet this man Jesus because he was so special. But they were living through this period of transition. And you see on the day of the cross, there was confusion. Of course there was confusion. Isn't there a lot of confusion when you're moving from one thing and you're having to learn something completely new? You know what it's like when you go from one job to another? You might be the same framework of business, but you go into the new oh, I don't need you go to the building? Do you go to the building now or do you just stay at home? Have you just logged in on your computer? Have you met your colleagues? Have you got relationship with them? Do you know their working practices? All the simple things of everyday life. But you see, suddenly everything's changed. And everything had changed for them. It's no longer all about the laws. It's about knowing Jesus and the power of the resurrected Jesus in their lives. That's what it was all about. The disciples were coming to terms with it. They'd seen Jesus die. <sighs> He's gone. He said he was going. He's gone. But then when they came to the grave and they found it empty, it's like, what did he say? What, what is happening? Because it's like, hang on, I can't, I can't get my head around it. And that's what we're like. Sometimes we can't get our heads around the fact Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He is there to help us. He is there to strengthen us. He is there to transform our lives. He is real. He is alive. We can connect to him. Oh, but you see, I can't see him. So I'm still struggling with the tomb. What is it? Has he said that? Well, he has said it, but do I understand it? There's a lot of time when we are struggling just like the disciples because there's been a big shift. We're no longer in this time of, oh, we've got to just follow the right set of rules. We're now in this period of time when we're following a risen Jesus and we're looking for him.
And of course, just to, forget, uh, to complete this picture, we are coming towards the end of all things. That, that's slightly unnerving. I, I, I was looking at this and I was thinking like, gosh, we're nearly all the way through this line. We're nearly all the way through. We're going to come to a point when there's going to be a rapture. Jesus comes and he calls his church, his people, to be with himself. And he's establishing his rule on earth. And then there's the final destruction of Satan and his kingdom is established and all things come to an end and there's a judgment of every person. That is yet to happen. We're still in this period of grace. Because we're still in this period of grace, I need to say this. Have you come into a knowledge of Jesus Christ as your Savior and as your Lord? And are you living for him? Because we have the opportunity to take that on board right now, right here, to get ourselves ready for that coming of God. If you haven't, then please, we want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. If you need more help, then please either just uh, email into prayer at bromleytownchurch.com or if you're here, please make sure you speak to one of the stewards or myself afterwards so that we can help you and encourage you with that. So here we are, I want to say, with our disciples. Let's go back to our disciples. Our disciples have been with this risen Jesus. He has now gone back to heaven. But they're going through this period, this, this transfer, this crossover, this, this crossroads experience is being experienced by them. They're going from the dispensation of the law into the dispensation of grace. It's a time of change. The disciples have got these words of Jesus ringing in their ears because you see they do. They, what, do you remember what he said? Do you remember what he told us? So they're thinking about the things that he's just been saying to them over the last couple of weeks. So this is relevant. This is since the resurrection. He's telling them these things. And he's saying, John 16 verse 7, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, that is the the paraclete, the one who is like me, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. (sighs) What's this look like? He's gone. What's going to come? What's going to happen? Acts 1 verse 4, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. They've got this in their heads. We've read the story, so we know all about the day of Pentecost. I want to just wipe that out of your memory. Let's come to today. We haven't come to that day yet. We've just got these words of Jesus ringing in our heads. You said, but what does it look like? You said, but when's it going to come? You said, but how am I going to experience that? You know what? This is so relevant for us because as we're talking about seeking Jesus, those questions run through our minds. They race through our minds. God, you have said in your word, you will never leave me or forsake me. But right now I feel like you're not here. That's almost exactly the same as the disciples were feeling. They'd heard the word. But hey, where was it? How could they hang on to it? How could they understand it? What could they do? There is only one thing they can do. And we find it in Acts 1.14 where it says they all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus. That was like a core group that was met together. This core group consisted of Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, uh, son of Alphaeus, James the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Those are all the apostles. And then it tells us from that verse I've just read, Mary, that's Jesus' mother, several other women, and brothers of Jesus. It's the family. 
the apostles and the family, they're meeting together and they, can't, they, they all know what Jesus has said. They all know what Jesus has said. They just don't understand what it all means. Now, isn't, don't you find yourself in that place? I find myself in that place. Lord, you have said you will seek me until you find me. What does that look like to find you? What does it look like? When will you come? I've been asking, but when will you come? How will I know? Will I ever know? Has it happened? Do I understand? Have you not been in that situation? That's what the disciples were like. There's only one thing you can do in that situation. That's what they were doing. They were together and they said, Lord, we need your help. We need your help. We're here. How long? How long? When will you answer? The question, or the answer to that question of how long is this, it's until he comes. Well, what is that? Yeah, and you can almost get cross. And, and, and I feel, not that we see the disciples getting cross, because I'm putting that emotion in there, but do you know what? I could feel their frustration. Listen, we've been here three days. We've been here a week. Still nothing has happened. And you see, for us, for us, for me, I find, okay, look, I've been here and I've prayed about this several times. There doesn't seem to be much action from heaven. We almost become accusatory. Uh, hello? Did you know that I'm still here? This is how I feel sometimes. This is what I say. It's almost like I say that to God. God, did you know that I'm still here? I'm still asking. Where is the answer? You see, we're told to seek him until he comes. In our mindsets, we're often of this mindset, look, I, when I understand, then I will know. Tell me in advance what I'm to expect, then I will know. But it doesn't work like that. You know when it happens. You know when he's answered. And that's where we need to stay. We need to stay in that place of just seeking him. Listen, do you seek him or do you ignore him? Think about it. Do you seek him or do you ignore him? What do I mean by that? Are you actively saying, God, I need your help. I need to find out about this. I'm still bringing this before you. I don't have an answer. I will carry on just as Jesus told us in that parable. I'm knocking and knocking and knocking until I get an answer to this. Being persistent. We're told to be persistent. Are we persistent or do we give up? That's what I mean by ignoring him. Do we say, okay, okay, I'll just forget it. We need to be seeking him and seeking him until he comes. We need to be seeking him with the expectation that we're actually going to get something different. If you want to see something different, if you want an answer to your situation, that is, I want to see something change here. I want to see something different from what's going on. And then often we're going to have to do something different. So if we haven't been praying, we need to start praying. And I know... Folks, forgive me. I know this is a, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. It's not a question of whether we know it. It's a question of whether we do it. This is the issue. And that's what we have to wrestle with. Going back to our disciples, I've talked about this core group, and this core group were praying. But, you know, it was, there was a greater number of believers than just that core group. Because in Acts 1, verses 15 and 17, it says this, During this time when about 120 believers were together in one place. 
Well, that's interesting. It's suddenly, they're like, wow, we're talking just about a small number, like 20 people. Now, this is 120 people. So there's a lot more believers actually at that time. And it says that Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he says, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. So we see there's more believers than just in that core group. And Peter explaining to them, he goes on to say, Acts, 20, Acts 1 verse 20 to 26. Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms, where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. So now, we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justus, and Matthias. Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace, replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots and Matthias was selected to become an apostle. It's interesting because what we see in this passage, and this is not a passage that we really ever pre preach on. It's like, oh yeah, I've read that. Let's move on to the next page because that's when the day of Pentecost comes. So as you're reading Acts, you sort of brush over this. But as I've been looking at it, it made me realize they had been going back to Scripture. They had been studying. See, Peter himself is taking quotes from the Psalms and he's using these Psalms and they're speaking to him and they're causing him to say, guys, listen, we need to replace what has happened with Judas. He's gone off. He's now dead, but we need to replace him. So he's got this whole method. How are we going to do that? Hey, let's find somebody who's been with us, who's been through all the same experiences that we have. And let's face facts, you don't really get any other mentions of these guys. Joseph, called Barsabbas, and Matthias, they'd been with Jesus all that time as well. But they haven't come into the main part of the story. But here we are seeing them. They're being selected. Now you know that I always go on about prayer and about reading scripture. But you see, Scripture is the key way in which God speaks to us. This is the stuff that's written down. It's not like I've got to tune in. <gasps> Did I hear that right or not? This is written down for us. This is God speaking. This is his living, his active word. And he had shown the disciples how they needed to take hold of it. They were now taking hold of it. They were now going back to it. They were now referencing it for all of what they were doing. This is the basis of where they were at in this period of time. They were going through the time of transition. Beforehand, it used to be a bit of a holy book, only read in the synagogues, and it was studied. It was studied. They did learn it, but now they're taking it in a new way. This is God's word. He reveals what he is going to do. He is speaking to his people through this. Because Jesus had said to them, guys, I need to take you back. Come on. Everything that's happened to me, it's already been spoken of by the prophets. This is what they were going on about in here. Let me show you. You need to be diligent with this word. You need to take this word on and you need to understand it. And what we see is they take a note of Jesus. They were putting this into practice in their lives. They were living this out. Listen, how about you? You've heard me say this many, many times. When it comes to prayer, it's not just about praying, coming to our prayer meetings. I think it's great that people join Zoom calls. 
But you know, you need to start by yourself in your home, locked away. And even if that's in the smallest room in the house, because it's the place where you are, you start there. And even if it's only for a couple of minutes, you start there because what you are saying is, let the kingdom of heaven come down and rule my life. I need you, Lord. And you go to the Bible because you're saying, Lord, I really don't know how to live my life. And I need to start having you direct me. So speak to me through your word. Let your word be living and active. Let it guide me just as it was guiding them. Just as they were learning to go from one time into another time. Just as they're trying to get a grip of life. Just as they're trying to understand. And all of the context of this is Jesus' promise still hasn't been fulfilled to them. They're in this period of trying to understand, trying to wait, trying to comprehend. In those times, there's only one thing or two things we can do. We come to Jesus and say, Lord, lead me and guide me. And what do you have to speak to me through your word? Because your servant is seeking to listen that I may understand. We're in this time. Life was all about just seeking God and listening for him, waiting for the gift of the Father to come. Jerusalem was getting busier because there was a festival coming. But we'll have more of that next week. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.